flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm Bessem Ammer and I'm filling in for Scott Rado. We are here today to talk about sex education and Tribune reporters' personal experience. Uh, so let, let's begin with actually Kyle Ferris, education reporter. Can you tell us a little bit more about your own personal experience? Yeah, I've, I've tried to block out most of uh, my memories from, from sex ed. Um, I feel like we all have. Yeah. It's, it's fair. It's an interesting time in all of our lives. Uh, back then, and you know, I probably the first time I took sex ed was like 004, 05, around there. Um, abstinence was still kind of the big thing. Um, you know, I remember like posters on the wall in the room saying, you know, 100 ways to have fun that doesn't include sex, and it would, like, <laughs> jump roping and, you know, <laughs> just weird things like that. Just, so, you know, channel your urges elsewhere. <laughs> I understand why they don't want middle schoolers having sex, but when you get into high school and college, that mm-hmm. that's not really uh, a realistic expectation for young people. So um, kind of as, you know, I had more health classes in, in high school, it kind of shifted to... Um, safe sex and, you know, just kind of being responsible and protection and things like that. Jordan Vian, the city government reporter, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your own personal experience? I got sex ed as a freshman in uh, East Kentwood High School in Kentwood, Michigan, Grand Rapids area. And their focus was not so much abstinence as just here are all of the terrible things that will happen if you have sex. Plus, they felt it was very important that we know anatomically what happens down there. And the the main thing that I remember is we had to make anatomically correct models of male genitalia. What? Why? <laughs> Apparently, it was very important. I we got. What? We got a poster board oh my God. that we had to draw the shaft and cut that out. Uh, the testes were <laughs> the testes I'm such a middle schooler. were tinfoil in a balloon, oh. and we had a second balloon that represented the bladder. And but how's the bladder involved in this? It was. I honestly don't remember a whole lot. I just remember there was a lot of giggling and, you know, every guy had had theirs like three, four inches wide. And <laughs> I was wondering how big these things are. So you can no. make them any size. So Beth Byer, you're our data reporter. You seem to have very strong feelings about this. Uh, what is your experience and what's your opinion on, you know, the current circumstances when it comes to sex education in the United States. Yeah, so my my strong feelings probably um, come from the fact that a <laughs> I was uh, I was raised in a very Catholic household, very Catholic like church every weekend and Bible study during the week and stuff like that. And so my mom's version of the talk was, if you have sex, you're gonna get pregnant and you're gonna go to hell. Don't do it. So basically, so basically, your mom was the guy for Mean Girls. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to make some better references for me to. <laughs> what? Do you? Did you all um, grow up here in the middle? Uh, in the Middle East. Here in the Midwest. That's where I grew up. In the Midwest, was all of your edu- um, sex education in the Midwest, or do you yeah. have kind of diverse? 
Yep, uh, I, I was in uh, northern Wisconsin, uh, Northwood School District, little little district. And what about you in Bethlehem? Yeah, I uh, grew up and went to school in uh, Pickerington, Ohio, which is a suburb outside of Columbus, Ohio. It's probably about 20 miles southeast. And I was in Michigan for sex ed anyway. <laughs> so, so I'm the only one who kind of has a bit of a different experience. Yeah. So I actually, um, I got my sex education in um, Egypt. And interestingly enough, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that here in the United States, um, there isn't more talk about, you know, sex in a very healthy way. Um, yes, the, the, the overwhelming um, culture there in Egypt uh, is to abstain from having sex until you get married. But that never stopped them from educating us. I mean, we talked about protection. We talked about... Um, the actual, you know, process, and then it went very naturally into, you know, reproduction, and that's what it was. The interesting thing is, though, is I took it in several ways. So, or I was educated in several ways. Um, I took it part of science class when I was about 14 years old, and then again when I was 15, and I took it part of my religion class. I think that's really interesting because the way they talk about it in religion is they, they separated the boys and the girls, you know, I guess to make it less awkward because we were kind of like really laughing about it. You know, it's it was, super awkward. It's super awkward and really funny and we're like, <laughs> we're talking about like, you know, <laughs> stuff. So um, they separated us and we, I don't remember it being a very uh, like painful talk and my mom was actually very open about it. My mom discussed a lot of things with me um, and I just find it very interesting that here in the United States there is this um, this force against talking about sex whereas in the Middle East or at least in Egypt, I can't say the Middle East in general, and in Egypt and, and specifically at least with my school it was very much a natural thing, you know? Sex is a very mm -hmm. natural thing. It happens. The end. It's science. That I mean, there's there's <laughs> nothing else going on there. Um, and I yeah, I just think that it's just very interesting that you know, I, maybe this is my own perspective. Also, is that I think that the idea of sex in the United States is very different than in Egypt. I mean, here is the idea of sex cells. And you kind of have more, uh, you know, posters that kind of maybe give in to that idea. Whereas in Egypt, not necessarily do they give in to that idea. And so maybe the way culturally people are already, um, you know, w when perceiving sex is different. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, I think it might play a, a part in why people choose to educate their students differently. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, that maybe sex here is viewed more as um, sort of edgy or a kind of, you know, a form of marketing as opposed to something that, you know, people do, um, you know, <laughs> j just because it's natural. Um, one yeah. thing I wanted, did everyone here have, like, a moment that was, like, the talk with, with their parents? No. Yeah. Yes. No? Never I, had the talk. I didn't either. It was just sort of beating around the bush for, you know... <laughs> middle school, high school, and you kind of figure it out on your own? No, like it was 100% do not talk about this with your parents. 
like we, as far as, you know, how things worked and like, I remember I did talk to my mother about birth control in college because I was still on her insurance and like, we just sort of glossed over and pretended that it had to do with acne. (laughs) Yeah, uh, same for me. Like when I was in, I think I was like maybe 17 years old and I was actually active at the time, but you know, of course I'm not going to tell my mom because she was the one that said, you're going to go to hell. Obviously. Uh, Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I told her, I was like, you know, I, I really want to be put on birth control, but it's because I have really bad periods. They hurt a lot all of the time and it's for health reasons. I swear. She, yeah, she actually like, you know, signed the papers, went with me to the doctor and everything, but, you know, under the pretense that it was for health related reasons and not for mm-hmm. like, you know, to further her teenage daughter's promiscuity or anything like that. To be, to be clear, like those are real issues. Like yeah. there are people just because, you know, Beth and I use them as pretenses doesn't mean <laughs> that there aren't people who are literally on birth control right, because right. it helps regulate their menstrual cycle or you know, their hormones to prevent really bad acne. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm just going to ask, I, I'm assuming I know the answer here, but I'm guessing, Beth, that your mom didn't have the talk with you. I think I was curious about it at a certain age, and maybe I, like, tried to talk to her about it, and it, that was it. She was like, you know what, if you do it, you're going to go to hell, you're going to get pregnant. Maybe not in as many words, but, you know, that's the message that she... Uh, put across and I don't think I ever had the talk with my dad I think my mom was like I'll be the one to (laughs) I'll be the one to shoulder this burden I mean where did that kind of leave you in the world where you know sex is natural you don't know very much but you also know some stuff like where did that kind of leave you I mean were you curious did you do your own kind of research did you where did you get the bulk of your information uh, I, I think a lot of it was, um, I mean, I guess you pick up some stuff in sex ed. It's out there in, in the media and, you know, you know TV and um, magazine, much more than, uh, much more now than, than even then. So I think, um, you know, people who, you know, parents now who might, you know, sit down with their 13-year-old to have the talk, like the kid's probably like, yeah, yeah, and I know all this at this point. Um, uh, so, some kids might and some kids might not, but... Um, so yeah, a lot of it was just, you know, friends at school, you know, seeing things on TV and kind of circling back to, um, not having the talk with my parents. Um, you know, my family dynamic was, I think, a little bit different from Beth's. Uh, I always felt that if I had questions, I could go to my parents. Um, I, I think there was just sort of an, an inherent trust there, um, kind of both ways, but... Um, we never kind of had that talk, and I just sort of picked up stuff, just kind of, you know, the, the life of a, a middle schooler. So my parents had, like, this really old encyclopedia set, right? And I would, I was a very curious, like, 16, 17-year-old. I was also in a, a long-term relationship with someone who I cared about a lot, and um, which is weird to be, like, a teenager and in a long-term relationship, but whatever. Yeah, what's long-term when you're 16, 17? <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's strange, right? <laughs> it ended up lasting, like, a few years. Um, but so anyway, my parents had, like, this uh, old encyclopedia set, and I would, like, sneak out of my room in the middle of the night and, like, go downstairs and, like, read about the sex section, you know? Uh, or read the sex section of the encyclopedia. They probably just thought you were really studious. Like, man, she just loves hitting the books. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they never caught me. That's okay. the thing. It was in the middle of the night. It was in the- <laughs> yeah. 
But even, even, if the they did, even if they were like going to the bathroom and they did catch you, they, oh, wow, she's just reading the encyclopedia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like the perfect cover-up, right? Yeah. I got all my information from the internet. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, no. Pornhub is not the best place to learn about. Like. Interesting. So I guess that, I mean, given now the all the experiences that you guys have and, and now that you're a lot older, or not a lot older, but at least older, what do you think schools should do in order to you know, make sure that sex, sex education is effective and is there to, not necessarily, I mean, it's, it's, again, a natural process, but to make sure that students know what's happening and this is not a promiscuous talk, this is an educational talk, like you call it sex education. Like, I do think the general idea behind my sex education unit in health class was good, like focusing on the, you know, anatomy and like the actual, you know, physical, this is what your body looks like. This is what it does. This is how it will react. That I think is good. I just thought that the execution was a little <laughs> off. Oh, <laughs> the life, life size model was not uh, something was not necessary. <laughs> did you get to take that home with you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Went on the refrigerator? It did not. It did not make it home. Gold star. <laughs> I was allowed to. It made it into the trash can on my way out the door. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Kyle? What do you think? I'm I'm not an expert, so I mean I would take anything that I say with uh, a big grain of salt. Um, but I think I know maybe starting um, kids a little, you know, even younger today. And I don't know what what schools are doing now, but um, I think certainly younger than you know sixth seventh grade when when I started hearing that stuff um, would be helpful. And yeah, approaching it more from sort of a scientific biological. Um, angle uh, probably would, you know, help kids from giggling through it or not taking it seriously. Um, and I think that would also allow teachers to be more um, kind of upfront about what happens um, and, and not necessarily, um, you know, kind of, you know, be beating on the, the abstinence point. Yeah, and it would really help combat some of the misinformations out that is out there, like, I, you know, I have met people who, you know, say you can't get pregnant if you have sex when the woman is on her period. Like, that's a really common one. That's not true. <laughs> there are all kinds of misconceptions. And, yeah. like, you know, when you just focus on don't have sex, there, it leaves all of this room for people to say, oh, well, you won't get pregnant if you do this. You won't get pregnant if you do that. And, you know, a lot of that is not necessarily the case. And also leaves the idea that the people who I can go to to speak about this, um, you know, about sex, are people whose opinion is to not have sex. So they're not going to give me the information I need or I want. So therefore, I'm left with instead of a good source of information with, you know, whatever I can get. And then, you know, what, whatever the internet's got to offer, you know, yeah. today. <laughs> I feel like uh, schools these days should maybe, like, employ some actual medical professionals to do some of these, 
or to conduct some of the sex education classes. Um, I remember in high school, I think um, my sex ed class was maybe sophomore year of high school. I don't remember much of it because I think myself and a lot of the class were, we were too distracted by the fact that our teacher was wearing like these sheer khakis with what appeared to be no underwear on and it was like sex ed class. So it was like, it's all there. <laughs> you know, yes. it was uh, it it was it was quite the quite the class. But anyway, yeah. he was like a PE instructor, I think, and didn't really know a whole lot about the topic. So maybe if they had like some actual trained professionals like come in and teach the students about like this is your body, this is what happens to it, and these are the things that this is what happens when you have sex. You know, instead of like having someone who probably knows about as much as a teenager <laughs> at that time like because maybe they didn't have the best uh you know sex yeah, education I'm, when they were I'm pretty up. sure the physical education program at their <laughs> local college did not include a sex ed course exactly I mean, like they're teaching they're being taught how to teach other people how to play sports and stay active and yeah. healthy that probably doesn't include sex ed <laughs> and so they're winging it <laughs> and you know sex education Certainly more, you know, than just, you know, teaching about people having sex. You know, it's, you know, I think personal hygiene, it's understanding the changes that are happening to yes. your body um, that, you know, you might otherwise, have, you know, you have no idea what's happening. You might think something's mm-hmm. wrong with you. Um, and kind of shifting gears, one thing I I, I wanted to mention, my I, I switched schools um, uh, early in my sixth grade year. And my first day at my new school... Uh, first day of health class, uh, we had to watch the Miracle of Life birthing video. Oh, God. And Why? It, if you want to form a bond with your classmates, like going through that video together, <laughs> that's like going through the fire. You come out, you come out like this. You're, you're close. Wow. Well, I, I never saw that completely. Like, apparently it's a cultural thing in the U.S., but it passed me right by. You, you are too busy making uh, genitalia out of yes. uh, crap Paper machine. <laughs> yes. I feel like I missed out on a lot. I feel like I missed out on a lot, but also did not miss out on a lot. <laughs> you, guys. you missed out on a lot of misinformation. I, exactly, yeah. exactly. The irony. Thanks All for right. listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. <laughs>